Good morning, Homestead Church. Hope you're doing well. We're glad you're with us today. I've uh, already met a few new faces this morning, so we are really glad you're here. If you're brand new, we are, we'd love to extend a special welcome to you and answer any questions you have for how you could get plugged in or feel a part of the church. We've got a lot of great uh, things coming up, as Michael mentioned. One thing um, which I wanted to uh, make mention of, and we, we talked about this last year. Every year, the denomination we're a part of is the Assemblies of God. They put on a conference for church ministries called the Equip Conference, and that is coming up on April 28th and 29th. And what that is is just a time we'll have some large gatherings together with some worship teams. Some great speakers are coming to do some uh, services with everyone together. And then there's going to be breakout sessions for people interested in really any sort of area of church. There's even some, you know, breakout sessions and discussion groups on parenting, how to raise up kids in this generation, um, kids ministry, youth ministry, discipleship, small groups, all these things. So if you would like to be a part of that, I love how they do that in the Minnesota district is they make it like a one, a small one fee for every church. So we have paid the fee for everyone to go. So you don't have to pay anything to go. It is free of charge. We've already covered the registration. You just have to show up. So I would love for you to consider that. It's Friday afternoon and evening on the 28th, and then all day Saturday. And we know that uh, some people with work schedules, Saturday might be the only day that would work for you. You'd be welcome just to join for part of the day on Saturday or all the day Saturday. So we would love to have you consider that. If you'd like more information, talk to me after the service. Um, we will be there involved in some of the teaching as well as we'll have some of our staff there as well. So um, just wanted to let you know. All right. So we are not in a sermon series. Normally at Homestead, we'll take like three, four, five, maybe six weeks, talk about a certain topic or a certain book of the Bible. We just got through three weeks talking about stewardship and finances and generosity. We've done a series of teaching on different books of the Bible or other characters in the Bible or other topics. But every once in a while, we're going to have a week like today that doesn't fall into a larger sermon series. And so we thought, well, we should do something unique with those days. And so what we thought of was, I bet there's people in our church that maybe would have certain things that we talk about at church regularly that they might think, that doesn't really make sense to me. So we're going we're gonna to title this, I've Always Wondered. We have a we throw that slide up there, Charlie? I've always wondered. All right, so here's the deal. So we're going to talk about one of those things today. I recognize a couple of things. First of all, I recognize that at Homestead Church, in this room, we have, well, one thing which I love is we've got different generations represented. We are diverse in age, which is one of my favorite, favorite things at Homestead, the generations represented. Right from the start, when Christy and I uh, were talking about planting this church, we said we want it to be, even the name Homestead, we liked the idea of generations coming together, helping each other grow in faith. I think there is such value that comes when the older, I won't call you old, but the older mentor the younger. Um, when we have times when one generation is rubbing shoulders with the other generation, just saying, hey, here's both men and women. Here's how we do this. Here's what this means. Here's how we do this. And not only is it teaching the young, but for those of us, and I'll put mine in the older camp, we learn things from the young. We learn what Snapchat is and all the cool things that the kids are doing. It helps keep us young. It helps the young people grow up and grow in wisdom. It helps us older folks stay young. I love times when there is interaction between the generations. We are, we've been talking about uh, strategic, intentional ways which we can do this. 
ways that, I mean, I love that there are some students in here, some of the kids in here. We've got great kids ministry going on. But I don't want it to be something where on Sundays or anytime else during the week we gather and the adults meet over here and the students meet over here and the kids meet over here. I want there to be times when we're all interacting and we are talking about ways we can do that. Um, that is another reason why, and I'll put a little plug in here. When we're asking for people to help out in kids' ministry on Sunday mornings or on Thursday nights, we're going to work on building a team of parent volunteers or adult volunteers who could help with that. We would love to have you involved, not just because it's a need, but because these are times where you can come alongside the young people of our church and you can pour into them. You can dispel, dispense, dispense is the right word, not some of your great wisdom and say, hey, young people, this is what it means to be a follower of Christ. This is what it means to grow up and have a job. This is how you do this. This, um, I've been leading on Thursday nights. I've been teaching the boys, the bazooka boys class, um, and it's been awesome. It started out because there was no one else to teach it, and I said, well, I can teach it, but I've really enjoyed getting to know some of the young guys in this church, and one of the first weeks I said, well, we got to learn some key important things. In this digital age, boys, there's certain things that you don't know how to do, and one of them is make a paper airplane. So we spent like four weeks in a row, like the start of each class, show me how you make a paper airplane. I mean, really, really important foundational spiritual things like that. But it has been great. I would love to have you get involved. It is so great. One week we were, normally we'll have the boys and girls separated in classes, and a couple of times We've joined together when we're, you know, we've been making Pinewood Derby cars that we're going to have the race for. So every week, you know, the boys are a little crazy and, you know, smelly and loud and all those things. And so right before the moment when we're going to go upstairs and join classes with the girls, I'll tell them the same thing. Okay, boys, we're going to be with the girls. Now, what do we do? Do we act like dummies? No. Do we respect the girls? Yes. And it's like it's just a very practical, teachable moment. We're going to be around girls. Boys, we respect the girls. We are nice to the And so it's just one of those things where I like, I love that. I don't know how much it, you know, takes root in their life. But it's one of those things. We are pouring into the young generation. Parents, this is like one of the most important things we're going to do in life. Leaders, adults in this church, if we're not pouring into the young generation, making sure they grow up with a strong faith, making sure they grow up in some of the ways that we know and all the Bible knowledge that we know. If we don't teach them these things, how are they going to learn it? So this is one dynamic I love about our church. So I went on a little bit of a tangent there. But I recognize that there are generations represented at this church, and I love that. Another thing I love and that I recognize is there's a diversity as far as spiritual faith your spiritual journey. We probably have some people here who have been saved, who have been followers of Jesus, been Christians, going to church their whole life. That would be me. I grew up in church. My dad is a pastor. I grew up as a pastor's kid. Um, So that was me. And we also recognize there are probably some people who are newer to the faith. You've just decided, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. Or there's people here who are still just checking out church, who have never really decided, yeah, I'm going to, I'm all in, God. I'm going to put you first in my life. We have lots of different faiths, uh, you know, generations of faith, really, if you would, represented. Lots of different longevity as far as how long they've been serving the Lord. So I recognize that, and I love that. But what I realize is those of us who have been Christians a whole long time, our whole lives, we say and do things that sound normal to us, that to new people to church, they're like, that sounds really weird. We're used to it because we've been in church. For example, we'll, I remember growing up, 
we would sing a song, an old hymn, Are You Washed in the Blood of the Lamb? And it was just normal for me to sing that song. And then I had a friend come to church, and they were kind of looking puzzled at the screen. And I thought, that would be really weird for someone who doesn't know that. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. You know, that's just one example. We say, honestly, Christians, we say and do some stuff that sounds pretty weird and confusing to others, right? We do. We do. We will... Um, I. <laughs> There's, there's certain times where I think Christians, especially in this social media age, where Christians will collectively lose their marbles over something pop culture related, like a movie that we're all supposed to boycott. You know, if several years, I think the newest one now is The Shack. I don't know anything about it, but apparently we're not supposed to see it, or we are supposed to see it. I'm not sure which one is which, but if you want to see it, go see it. If you don't, don't. That's a pretty simple solution. A few years ago, it was The Da Vinci Code. Everyone was like, well, you can't because it talks about the Bible in a way. It's not representing the Bible well, and I would think... What movies have you seen? Like, there's thousands of movies that don't represent the Bible. So anyways, all these things. If you were a Christian, hands up if you were a Christian going to church in the 1980s. 1980s, hands up. Okay. We had a crisis of faith within the church in the 1980s, and it was this. This was the important thing that was discussed more than anything else in the 1980s that I remember. Is Amy Grant a Christian? Do you remember that? Is Amy Grant a Christian? Because she was a Christian musician. She was a Christian artist. Then she did an album that the music started being played on secular radio. So this was these things. So all these things, growing up in church, I look back and I'm like, that was weird. That was weird. Why did we do that? And for new people to church, they're probably like, this is weird. Why do you do that? Lately, I've noticed on Facebook in the social media era, churches, Christians will describe their church, and they'll say, I love my church, hashtag this or whatever. They'll put a little snippet of the sermon. But I've noticed a tendency to use sports analogies to describe the church service or the sermon. You know, pastor really hit it out of the park today. You know, have you ever seen that? Pastor hit a home run today. This is not me fishing for tweets, by the way. Pastor brought the heat Pastor, you know, today's service was a touchdown, so I think we should create our own. Have you ever heard those things? I hear those things all the time. We should create our own sports analogies for our church services today, and I came up with a few. We, we really crashed the crease today. We played, we played above the rim today. We, we really ran it right up the middle today, or we won the battle of the trenches today. So maybe you could, like, tag something about Homestead Church and make your own weird sports analogy. But um, one of the things, and this is, there's a point to all this right now. One of the things that we say as Christians, that we say very regularly, that I think probably sounds weird to people who are new, and maybe it sounds weird to some of you here, is we'll say things like this. God spoke to me and told me to do this. Or God led me, or I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me, or God said to me, do this. Or God said to me, go talk to that person. And I, and I think there's people in the world who would think, you heard God? Like, how does God talk? Does God talk to you? You know, I, and we say these things, and people who aren't familiar with church, this probably sounds a little weird, sounds a little crazy, like we're hearing heavenly voices. So I wanted to talk about that. In this idea, this series, this recurring thing that we're going to do when we're not in a larger sermon series, we're going to talk about, I've always wondered, and today's is, how does God talk to us? When we say God spoke to me, God led me, how does God speak to us? How does God lead us? If we want to follow him, how do we sense that leading and guiding? Because we say God told me, and there has been a lot of harm done in the world, if we're being honest, both on a national level, historical level, individual level within relationships based on the idea of, well, God told me to do this, so therefore I'm doing it. Well, how do we know if it's God? How do we listen for the voice of God? We're going to talk about that today. 
And as a side note, if you have something, this can be like uh, school, class growing up, where if you have a question, if you have something that you've always wondered about, I've heard Christians talk about this, I've heard the Bible say this, it doesn't make any sense to me, you can shoot me an email or let us know or put an anonymous note in the offering, in the offering bucket or something. And we would love to have more ideas when we do another one of these I've always wondered messages. We'd love it to be something that we could answer any questions that you have. But today... The main idea is this. Does God speak to us? How does he speak to us? How does God guide us? When you read through the scripture, you know, you read through the Old Testament and you hear all these great stories of when God showed up, spoke to his people. Amazing, like miraculous moments where the voice of God thundered through the heavens or when Jesus was baptized, the voice of God came through the heavens. You know, a story like Moses, when God is about to tell Moses to go do something, Moses heard God through what? You remember this? The burning bush. It's in the desert. Moses is walking along, and all of a sudden he notices a bush burning in the desert, but it's not burning up. It's just still burning. And then there's a voice coming from it. So I think... It would be super easy to know that God was talking if it was something like that, right? A bush on fire that's not burning up and a big thunderous voice coming through it. Right there you'd think, well, that's pretty hard to deny. That's not me, like, imagining it. There's another story, Joshua in the Old Testament. He is about to attack, go into the promised land, attack the city of Canaan. And he's walking along, and there's an angel that appears in the path, this huge angel with a big sword drawn in his path. And he says, God says this. Well, that's pretty hard to deny in those moments, right? One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is a guy named Balaam and his donkey, Balaam's donkey. Have you ever heard that story? So God is trying to get through to Balaam. He's riding along a path on his donkey, and an angel stands in the way. Balaam doesn't see it, but his donkey sees it. So his donkey keeps veering off the path, and Balaam keeps beating up his donkey. Like, bad donkey, what are you doing? Stay on the path. Happens three times. And then what happens is the donkey, no joke, this is in here, starts talking to Balaam, saying, why are you being mean? To, why are you beating me up? And Balaam answers him, which I would think my first thing was like, why are you talking? How long have you been able to do that? We could make some serious money off of this. But he answers the donkey, because you keep veering off the path. Well, then the eyes of Balaam are open, and he sees the angel. He's like, oh, and the angel's like, why are you beating up your donkey, dummy? You know, look, there's an angel in his path. Moments like that, those big supernatural moments, I think that would be super easy for us in today's day and age. If, we, if God spoke to us that way, some big thunder, I mean, I think if he did, we'd all, you know, get scared and run away, and we'd still find a way to deny if it was God. I believe that was, that's the case. But there are times where I'll feel God, uh, I'll sense God saying something to me or an impression on my heart, and what's my first reaction is to start explaining it away. Well, is that really God? Is that just emotion? Is that just lack of sleep or, you know, Chipotle yesterday? You know, what is it that is causing me to think these things or imagine these things? So I want to talk about that today. How does God guide us? So let's start with this main idea is this. God wants to communicate. God wants to communicate with you. God is a God who communicates. John chapter 10 verse 27, Jesus says this, talking about his followers, because we know that Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. He says this in verse 27, 27, my sheep hear my voice. 
I know them and they follow me. This idea of we can follow God, this relationship with Jesus is one where we can hear what, his, what he's saying to us. We hear his voice. We sense his leading and guiding us. And this is so encouraging to me. Just right there, that should be encouraging to us is that we worship and serve a God that wants to communicate, wants to lead us and guide us. The God who created the universe, who created you, wants to lead you and guide you. He's not a distant God. We're not just, this religion isn't based on like a set of rules or remembering someone who lived a thousand years ago. This is a living God that wants to communicate with you and me. That is encouraging to me. That's encouraging to me because I know, and I know that you know this, walking through this life can be difficult right? Parents of kids, parents of teenagers, we would say, yes, there are times where I have no idea what to do next. Times where you go through sicknesses or trials or whatever it is where you're just at a loss and you're like, what am I supposed to do? I feel like I'm lost and I need someone to show me the direction. Have you ever been lost somewhere? You just need someone to come alongside of you and say, hey, I know where you need to go. This is where you need to go. This is what God does for us. The architect of life wants to communicate to you and lead you and guide you. This is good news. This is good news. Why would we go through life and not take full advantage of that opportunity to communicate with God, to have him speak to us and lead us. So that's right from the start, we know that God wants to communicate with us. But here's the thing. How do we do this? How do we hear the voice of God? Is it an audible thing? Is it something that, you know, there's, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that. How do we recognize when God is speaking to us? Because I walk through it every week. There's moments where I'm just like, God, is that really you speaking to me? Is that really you? How do we get better at recognizing the voice of God? So there's three things I wanted to talk about today. We'll look at a few scriptures as well. Now, the first one is one that I have talked about a number of times. So if you've been around Homestead for a long time, this is going to sound like a broken record moment. But the first one is this. Read and pray. We got it on the screen. Read and pray. Read the Bible and pray. Okay? This sounds very much like Sunday school, doesn't it? Read the Bible and pray. This is foundational to our faith. Psalm 119, verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I think that was an Amy Grant song back in the 80s, back when she was a Christian. (laughs) Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word is a lamp, is a guide is a light on my path. Imagine walking through darkness. How much do you want a light to see where you're going? This is what the Bible is. This is what Scripture is, a light for us. It is a guide for us. If you're feeling lost in life, this is the guide. This is a lamp for your steps, a guide to show you the way. Now, I have talked to so many people, people who are new to church, people who have been around church a long time, and they say, I would love to read the Bible. I just don't know where to start, or I try, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, And so, really, I want to, as as the pastor of this church, and Christy as well, we want to provide resources for you. If there's anything that we can do, practical tools to help you be able to read and apply the Bible to your life, we want to do that. One of the things you can do, and one of the things I do when I travel, or where I go to a conference or something and I hear somebody else teach or preach, I'll have an old Bible that I bring. And I will, when they are 
preaching on a passage of scripture, I'll underline it, and then usually I'll make little notes. It's okay to write in your Bible. You're not going to get zapped by the Lord or anything like that. I write little notes in there, and really what that does is then when I go back, even years later, when I'm reading through my Bible, I'll see that underline, I'll see the notes, or I'll see who was preaching, and instantly I'll remember what they talked about because I just wrote down a little note. And that'll help me remember what this passage of Scripture is about or what they taught about. So if you wanted to, and I've encouraged you to do this, bring a Bible to church, and if there's a time when we're working through a passage of Scripture, just write down some of the things that you remember. So that way you can go through... And you can later on when you're reading it, maybe that week you want to reread those passages of Scripture. You can say, oh, this is what this means, and this is what this means. And after a while, I've had this old Bible. I should have brought it today as an example. I got this Bible when I went to Bible college in 1994. I still have it. It's really worn down. It's beat up. But I love reading through it because I've got, you know, 23 years of other people's sermons and little notes and little things that I thought God was speaking to me going through that. So that's one thing is bring your Bible to church and write down notes or underline it when we're studying a passage of Scripture. There are devotional books that you can buy. I mean, great authors. John Ortberg is a great author. Mark Batterson, we just covered his book a couple series ago, The Circle Maker. There's authors that do a great job at taking passages of Scripture and just giving their commentary on it. There are other Bible commentaries that you can read. If your desire is to get into the Word, and I pray that it is, there are tools that you can use that will help you. There's an app on your smartphones the version app, Y-O-U, version app, where it has reading plans, it has commentaries, it has the daily verse. Practical ways for you to spend time every day reading the Word. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this today because I've talked about this before, but this is the number one thing that's going to cause you to grow in faith. This is the number one way that we're going to hear God speaking to us is through His Word. It's through His Word. We think we're waiting for the big thunderous voice, the heavens part, the seas part, whatever moment from God. And those happen, but what happens more than anything else is through the Word is where God speaks to us. The Word is living and active. We know that God communicates through the words of the Bible. So I want us to spend time reading it. Read a chapter in the morning. And again, you don't have to understand everything. I, there's passages of Scripture that I read, and I've been doing this a long time where I'm like, man, I do not know what that means. So I'll do a little research. But read a chapter and just write. That maybe you want to have a journal or a, a notes app in your phone or something and just jot down or mention a couple of things that you might think God is speaking to you. On Thursday nights, the men's Bible study is, is really what we do there, is we have a group of men that come together, and we're reading through Ephesians right now, I believe, and it's just a chapter. We're looking at a chapter in the Bible, and a few guys will share, this is what, I believe this is what is speaking to me, and we're going to pray for that. This is what, this is speaking to me. It's just a really practical way for us to get into the Word and to have it apply to our life. So the first thing, when we want to hear God's voice, when we want to know how God's leading us, this is foundational. The scripture is foundational. God is never going to speak to you something that contradicts his word. You're never going to hear God say, well, thus saith the Lord, do this, and it's going to be something that contradicts his word. It's never going to happen. We need to know the word of God. That way, when people come to you and say, God told me to tell you this, you can say, wait a minute, that is not, that is something completely different than what is in his word. We have to know the word of God. The first one is read and pray. The second one is this. We'll spend a little more time talking about this today, because this is where I think people can get a little bit, they have questions about how do we hear God's voice. The second point is this, listen. Listen. Listen for it. 
Listen for it. Have times in your world where things are quiet. In our house, that hardly ever happens. So, you know, I'll try to escape to the basement or something. If you've got kids, we live in a world where it's just constant activity and noise. And from when the alarm goes off to when your head hits the pillow at night, it's just go, 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 go. There's never a moment where we are just quiet. It doesn't even have to be like deep meditation quiet. Just quiet where you could hear your own thoughts, never mind God trying to communicate to you. Have times in your life where you are quiet, even when you're praying. Times when I'm praying in the morning, I want there to be times where I'm communicating to God, but I want there to be be times where I'm just quiet, just listening, and not like weird, like, was that you? But just times where it's quiet, just where God could speak to us if he wanted to. I know that God communicates in this way differently to different people. I've had some people say that they have heard the audible voice, like they heard the voice of God or they, God spoke to them in a dream. That's never happened to me. Most of my dreams are really weird, and I know that is certainly not God, more like sci-fi movie, you know, thriller kind of thing. But some people have that. That's never, that's never been my experience. My experience has been this. When I have sensed that God was speaking to me, it was more just an impression on my heart, or I'll, I'll describe it this way. It's a thought that came into my head, and there was something about it that I realized, this isn't just me. There's something bigger here. Um, there's a thought that'll come to my head, and I'll, I'll sense, this is something larger than me. This could be God. Sometimes and it's in a prayer time when I'm quiet. A lot of times it's when I'm reading the Word. God will, I'll, I'll sense God, or something will kind of jump out at the page, and I'll think, wow, I think this is God speaking something to me for this situation or for this person or for my day today. A lot of times, that's what has happened. A lot of the time, it's just simply I'm going throughout my day. Now, this doesn't happen all the time. Um, I know people who are... Um, I won't say weird. Um, oh, I just did. Sorry. I'll know. I'll, there are certain people, you, maybe you've met them, where it's just like, what's that? They'll be talking to you. Wait a minute. What? Hang on. What? Okay. Or like... Or like they've got like the inside joke, oh, ha, 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 yeah, okay, I'll tell them. You know, those sorts of things. That never happens to me, but there are times where I'm going throughout my day where I'll just kind of feel like a nudge that I describe it, a thought that'll come to me, or a person will come to mind, and I'll just think, I should pray for them, or I should go talk to them, or I should share this with them, or God will, I'll, I'll just have this idea of there's this person who's struggling that I know that I've been praying for, and I feel like I'm supposed to talk to them about this. It'll be kind of a moment where I'll just sense God is speaking to me. I haven't heard the voice, the heavens didn't part, but it was just something in my heart that I sensed, and maybe you're here and you have sensed that, and, uh, and I want you to be open to God speaking to you that way. Start paying attention throughout your day. Maybe there's moments where something will just pop into your head and you'll think, why am I thinking about that? And it could be that God is asking you to do something or share something or to pray for someone or to give something to someone. Watch for times where you might feel led by God and don't explain it away. I, I noticed a bad habit in my life over a few months ago. I noticed that when something like this would happen, I would be the first one to say, well, that's, that's just emotion. Or that's just because, you know, this. Or that's just because I saw them and that's why I'm thinking this thing. I'd be the first one to explain it away. And I got really good at explaining away why what was happening to me clearly wasn't the voice of God and clearly I'm not supposed to do anything about it. And I finally got to the point where I said, 
you know what, I'm going to err on the other side here. I'm just going to start with the assumption that when a thought comes into my head about someone or something that I could pray for or someone that I could share with, I'm just going to assume that it's from the Lord and I'm going to act on it. And so I started doing that. And it was, it was great because I, I didn't want to be the one that was always explaining it away. Because I know from experience and I know from others' experience, the quickest way that we can hinder God speaking to us is when we explain it away and kind of stiff arm him every time he's speaking to us. If every time we hear or feel like God is saying something to us or leading us to do something, we say, no, that's clearly not you, we're going to have a harder time communicating with God. I've seen that in my life. I've seen that in other people's lives. I want us all to learn how to do this. Learn how to listen. Be mindful throughout your day that maybe God, Almighty God, is trying to communicate to you. What a great honor. What a great encouraging thing. But be open to that. Be open to that. He might want to tell you something. He might have some way that you can bless others. He might have something that you want to challenge somebody on. There was a a couple years ago, I know there was a time where a friend was going through a hard time, and I really sensed that God was saying, you need to tell them this. And it wasn't the easiest thing for that person to hear, but it was something that I felt like I was supposed to share. Now this, we got to be really careful on, right? Because I've been the recipient of God told me to tell you this, and it was just mean, mean mean-spirited, and I was just like, oh, I felt terrible after it. We have to be careful with that, but we have to learn how to do this. Maybe you want to keep a journal or the notes app in your phone of times where you felt like God was prompting you to do something, and just keep record of those, and then you can look back and say, yeah, I remember he spoke to me here. I remember he spoke to me there. Maybe down the road you're going to be thinking, God, I need direction. What am I supposed to do? And you'll look back and you'll say, well, right here last year he said this to me. I felt like God was saying this. This gives me clarity. This gives me direction. I want to encourage you to listen. Have times when we are listening for the voice of God. And the best way to to get better at hearing his voice is to respond when he's speaking to us. We'll get, it's like anything, we'll get more familiar with it. We'll get more familiar with it. We'll learn to respond when he talks, when we obey. Those are kind of the everyday nudges. Those are the everyday moments. There has been other times where I would refer to it as not just a little nudge, like, hey, do this, talk to this person, but more of like a life-altering, what I would refer to as a holy moment where I felt God speaking to me. One was when I was about to be water baptized I was 17 years old, and I sensed that, the, that God was saying, make a choice now. You can live your life or you can follow me, but you can't do both. It was really a, a clear moment of decision of what am I going to spend my life doing. There was a moment where I grew up in Canada. Many of you know this story where I sensed God speaking to me saying, you're going to go to college in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'd never heard of North Central Bible College. I didn't know anybody in the United States, never mind Minnesota. But I sensed God was speaking to me. There's times where Christy and I have stepped out in faith with job changes or other things because we've had those moments where we said God is speaking to us, directing our path in a huge way. And we want to listen. And I'm so glad I listened. I look at all that God has orchestrated. I didn't, the whole big picture didn't make sense at the time, but I sensed that he was saying, do this. And then we took that step. And then he opened up a whole new avenue of ministry, a whole new plan for our life. Those are big moments. When we were deciding to plant this church, we had sensed that God was leading us to do this. 
Um, typically, how it works with Christy and I is she's, um, she's more set. She's more for sure. I know this is what we're supposed to do way more, way before me. Okay? She has, she's got her mind made up. This is clearly what we're supposed to do. And then it's agonizing for her to wait for me here to be like, really? Are we supposed to do that? There was a moment when Dunn Brothers was still Dunn Brothers. I was over there. Christy was traveling in Israel at the time. I think it was Israel. And it was one of those things, like, should we plant this church or what are we supposed to do? And I was just reading, and I was praying in Dunn Brothers, and I just was watching people come in, in and out of Dunn Brothers. And it was one of those moments, holy moments, where I felt like God was speaking to me and said, you're supposed to pastor this community. This is the community where I have you. And it was just one of those moments where I knew it was God. I just knew it. I think our souls know when our creator is talking to us. So I texted her in Israel right away. I said, this whole idea about a church plant, I'm in. Let's go. And so she texted back like, what happened? Like, what changed your mind? So it was one of those holy moments. I'm so glad I've listened to God when I have sensed him speaking to us. You have no idea. You have no idea what God wants to do in your life and through your life. You have no idea. None of us do. He's got plans for you, and he's going to unveil them a step at a time where he's going to nudge you or he's going to say, take this step. The better we can get at recognizing the voice of God that he wants to communicate to us, the more we can walk in step with what he wants us to do, and you never can imagine what he is going to have you do, the blessings that he is going to pour out on you, the blessing that that decision you make, how much that's going to bless other people, your family, other families, other people in your community, your workplace. We have no idea, but we need to get to the point where we say, God, lead and guide. God, speak to me. Show me where you want to go, where you want me to go. And finally, the last one is this, because some of you are thinking the way I think is, okay, I imagine these things. How do I know it's God? How do I know if it's God? And the third one is this. First one was read and pray. The second one was listen. And the third one is grow, grow, Grow in wisdom, grow in faith, grow in character, grow in maturity. I think the biggest factor in being led by God is just simply growing in your faith, putting him first, growing in your faith, obeying the things we read in Scripture, getting closer to him. I'll illustrate it this way. Parents of kids, when your kids are little, how do you communicate to them what they're supposed to do? Well, you tell them, you show them. Every decision, they'll say, well, mommy, daddy, what am I supposed to do here? Well, you do this, do this, do this. Get to bed this time, this is this. We make all the decisions. What are you going to eat for dinner? No, don't have that. That's Fruit Loops. You've had that for six meals in a row. Have some vegetables. You know, we have these things. We show our kids. We decide for them. But, parents, do we want our kids to spend their whole lives waiting for us to tell them what to do? Do we want our, our kids to have their whole life be mom and dad, what am I supposed to do? Imagine when they're 35 years old, okay? Your kid comes to you, mom and dad, what am I supposed to have for dinner? At that point, as a parent, you're supposed to say, you should make your own decisions, right? Hopefully, if we've done our job as parents, we've set them up to not be reliant on us for every decision, but to grow in wisdom, to grow in maturity, where they can make wise decisions all by themselves. Parents, right? Amen? If you've got a kid at 35 saying, dad, what do I, what do I feel? Feed my kids, your grandkids for dinner, that's the sign you got to kind of, you know, cut the cord. Make, swim on your own, 35-year-old son. You can make these decisions. We want to raise them up to be wise. I think God, our Heavenly Father, wants to do the same for us. 
He wants to do the same for us, where we can grow in wisdom, make wise decisions. I think there are far more times when God is guiding us, speaking to us in general terms of our maturity, our faith, our character, how much we are like Christ, versus what should I do today? What job should I take here? For example, we might think, okay, God, I want to bring you this decision. What kind of job do I take? What do I do? What um, I'm indecisive. God, what should I do? Where should I go to school? What job should I take? What relationship should I pursue? And I think there are times, as I've said, that God's going to speak to us in specific ways. But I think there are more times where God is speaking to us in general ways of grow close to me, grow in wisdom and character, and make a wise decision. Pick a school, pick a job, and really my will for you is wherever you are, whatever you choose, grow in your faith. Grow in your love for me. Grow in how you love and serve other people. If we do that, we're going to find that God is going to speak to us way more often. There's um, a verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says this, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you're ever wondering, God, what's your will for my life? It says it right there, very general. Grow, pray, rejoice, live a life of thanksgiving. I think there's times where we get stuck in, God, what specifically do you want me to do here? And God is saying, I want you to grow in Christ-likeness, in wisdom. I want you to make wise decisions based on your faith. I described those holy moments for me, those moments where God was saying, take this step. This is going to change the course of your life. Do this over here. When I was dating Christy, about to, thinking about proposing, there wasn't a holy moment like God said, this is the one, this is the one for you. you know? And there was times, I think, guys, we get stuck in that moment of, God, is this the one? The one. You know, the one person. I think it was more a moment when I was praying that God was saying to me, make the wise decision here. And it was like, does she love you? Yes, she does. Does she love Jesus? Yes, she does. Is she going to be a great mom someday? Yes, she will. Do I enjoy being with her? Yes. Is she beautiful inside and out? Yes. Would I be a total fool for not marrying her? Yes. It was one of those things of God looking down at me like, Duh, you know, like make the wise, make the smartest decision you're ever going to make right now. It wasn't a holy, she's the one for you. It's use your brain. You know, mar- you know, you'd be crazy not to. It was one of those general God speaking through wisdom, making the smart decision. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says this. I'm going to read these words. They'll be on the screen. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Pretty familiar verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Through the trusting, through the submitting, through the acknowledging him in every area of your life. Every area of your life. Through that growing relationship, that's how our paths are going to be made straight by God. That's how he is going to guide us to make wise decisions. One other scripture before we close. Psalm 37. I'm going to read verse 1 through 6. Psalm 37 verse 1 through 6. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust 
in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness reward, righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. I love those words. Cultivate faithfulness. Cultivate faithfulness. What does it mean to cultivate something? You're working at it. I want us in the times when we are looking for the specific voice of God to think, you know what? In the meantime, I'm going to cultivate faithfulness. I'm going to continue to grow. I'm going to delight myself in the things of God in every area of my life. And when we do that, we're going to see more and more times where we're like, wow, he is guiding me. He is directing me. He is speaking to me. Cultivate that faithfulness in your life. So we know that we need to read the word and pray. We know that we need to listen. We know that God's never going to contradict his word. We know that he's going to speak to us in general terms of just grow in your faith and be mature. Times where he's going to speak to us in ways that are more specific. And he can do that in a lot of different ways. Through the Bible, through relationships, through godly counsel. It's a reminder for us, who is speaking into your life? Who do you go to for advice? Make sure you are choosing wisely who speaks into your life. Here's the thing. God is not going to, if you're thinking, well, this makes me happy, so clearly that's what God is saying to do. No, God is not, our happiness is not high on the list of what God is going to communicate for us. For example, we have had people in relationships years and years and years ago who decided to end their marriage walk away from their family because they had met somebody else and their reasoning was, well, God wants me to be happy. No. No, that's not God's hap- Your happiness is not where God is saying, yeah, clearly that's a good choice for you to make. Your comfort is not something that God's going to be like, well, let's just stick with what's comfortable, okay? So if you're automatically thinking, well, clearly this is what God wants me to do because it's not really doing anything. It's just where I'm safe and comfortable. That's not a good gauge, a good gauge is his word. A good gauge is spending time in prayer. A good gauge is listening to godly counsel of others. I want us to be a group of people, a community of people that listens for the voice of God. Why would we not take full advantage of God who wants to communicate to us? In our marriage, when we're parenting, there's times where Christy and I as parents were like, man, what do we do with this? Teenagers and all these new issues that are coming up and all these things. We've walked through it over the last couple of years. I love that we have a God that has the answers, right? Parents, we have the God that has the answers. In decisions, in our marriage, workplace, school, finances, every area of our life, all that's going on in the world around us, we have a God that wants to help us navigate through this, a God that wants to say, "Here, I know the way. I know the best life for you. I know the most abundant life for you. It's this way. I want to lead you and guide you. This is what I want all of us to grow in. Let's take full advantage of this God who wants to speak to us, who wants to direct our steps and guide us. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Thanks, Lord, for this day. Thanks, Lord, for your um, presence in our life. We say it. It sounds like a churchy term, your presence in our life. But, Lord, we recognize you are with us us tomorrow when we're facing all these decisions, when we're facing all these troubles or trials or struggles or whatever it is, you are with us. So Lord, we open ourselves up to your presence. We want to hear your voice. We want to sense your guiding and your leading. We want to take the steps that you want us to take. 
So, Lord, this week, help us to be mindful of you. And I pray that for each of us, every one of us, there would be a moment this week where we sense that you are guiding us in a certain way, where we would sense that you are speaking to us in a certain way. I'm praying for that this week, and it can be a unique thing for each of us. But I'm praying that we would be able to hear your voice as you communicate to our hearts this week. It's in your great name, Jesus, that we pray. And everybody at Homestead said, amen, amen. Thank you, Homestead Church. We're glad you're with us today. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday.